Good morning. Peace be with you. I want to have a, well, the announcement that I do have is that we have Chris and his wife, Alice, Pastor Chris and Alice visiting us this morning, and Chris will be giving the sermon this morning. So we're grateful to you both for being here, and um, would also like to let you know that our scheduled work day has been postponed in order to accommodate a funeral service to our sister church, uh, Victory Outreach, uh, this next week. So there will not be uh, work day. However, for the men, there is always a Bible study uh, over either in my office where it's warm or we can meet in the meat locker. Um, and, uh, and, and we study, we start at 8 o'clock in the morning. So you are invited to that. The only Sunday or Saturday that we do not have the men's Bible study is on work days. Also, I would like to give you my thanks, my heartfelt thanks on behalf of my wife and her family. Many of you know that my mother-in-law, Kay, passed away this last Monday in the morning, and um, it was a particular blessing in that um, she went quickly without pain, and that um, she is with the Lord face-to-face with Jesus. It's amazing how God works. I had an opportunity to be there with her when she passed, and her oldest daughter, my sister-in-law, Misty, and... um, so, you know, God is always gentle, always faithful, and always with us. And I want to thank you for your prayers for that. This is a, a very tender time, as you know. And as a pastor, um, I've been wrestling with God, and I told him I know that this is part of, of the call and the ministry that you have me in, but I'm getting tired of death. Uh, it hurts, and I know it hurts you. And, and, and so um, just prayers um, for all uh, in that family and in your own families that may not know Jesus now because we who do and are in Christ, we do not grieve like the pagans do that have no hope. We grieve because we miss this person that becomes so intrinsic part of our life. And you'll, you'll maybe personally know that we get used to having that person with us. And, and we forget sometimes. It's like, oh my gosh, for me, I got to call my dad. Oh, he's been gone 20 years. Oh, I got to call my mom. She's been gone two years. For my wife, I got to call my mom or my father-in-law where Kay was. She's not there anymore. And so just God's provision of comfort and peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you so much. Well, at this point, let us, yes, ma'am. Oh, we have an, our annual meeting, and uh, the bylaws of our Constitution require that we make that announcement. So I am announcing to you all right now that this next Saturday, we will be meeting for our annual congregation meeting, uh, which we will start with lunch uh, at, 12, at 12 noon. And then at 1 o'clock, we will convene in here and... Um, to discuss what has happened and what is happening uh, going forward. And so we really appreciate your attendance to that. It is because of this church body that we are able to do what we do. And please do come next week, 12, and then the meeting at 1. Okay? And let us now stand and let us sing our opening hymn as unto the Lord.
We gather together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized in his name faithful in their calling as your children and inheritors with him of everlasting life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 7, and this can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1126. Isaiah, chapter 43, beginning with the first verse. But now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Now we will read Psalm 29 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare 
and in his temple all cry, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. The epistle this morning is taken from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. And this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1754. Romans chapter 6, beginning with the first verse. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of Luke, according to the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might be possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the, his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of Herodias' his brother's wife and all other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying, heaven opened, was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love with you, whom I love with you. I am well pleased. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
You may be seated. <clears throat> our uh, sermon this morning comes from our epistle reading, uh, Romans chapter 6. And some of you that know me very well are probably chuckling to yourself and saying, of course our sermon is going to come from Romans. Um, <clears throat> and I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened this morning, that you would know the height and the breadth and the width and the depth of the love of God that God has for you in his beloved son, Christ Jesus. Amen. This morning, to open up my sermon, well, I'll need a little participation from the congregation in some well-known ancient proverbs and cliches. So I'll start and you finish. Are you ready? A bird in the hand is worth more than two in the bush. That's right. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's right. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. You're doing very good. Rome wasn't built in a day. And when in Rome, do as the Romans. Well, if you were in my class, you would get an A plus in ancient Proverbs. As Paul wrote to the Romans, he anticipates what his hearers might be thinking. And in order to understand why Paul asks this very question, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. So the question this morning then is, why did Paul anticipate this question? Well, to answer this, we quite simply need to look at Paul's argument from earlier in his letter. You see, Paul started out with, in his letter, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just man shall live by faith. And as we will see in a moment, the righteous requirements of the law, which requires us to live by perfection are not obtained to us, are not obtained by us, by our works, but through the gift of faith in Jesus, the one who fulfilled the law perfectly in our stead. And why, why was Paul so adamant that the gospel was the power of God unto salvation. 
Well, he's very extremely forthright in his answer. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. You see, Paul announced that both Jew and Gentile, you and I, in our outward immorality and in our inward sin, are condemned by our own ungodliness and unrighteousness. And therefore, Paul goes on to say, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who seeks after God. There is no one good, not even one. See, even though God's law was to be fulfilled to perfection by us, God knew of a better way. As Paul went on to record, he said, now whatever, we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may be accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Therefore, no one will be saved by the works of the law. And no one will be able to stand before God in their own righteousness. If one is not baptized by the Holy Spirit, the unbeliever and the self-righteous will be judged. Final judgment will be upon them. As Luke said in our text this morning, speaking of Jesus' winnowing fork that is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff will be burned up with unquenchable fire. Returning to Paul's argument leading up to our text this morning, he demonstrates that it's through the gift of faith in what Jesus did on the cross by dying and rising again that you will be saved. He says, but apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. And isn't Paul the one who recorded that Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness? 
because of what Jesus did on the cross, taking the wrath of God upon himself for you. He justified you. He clothed you with his robe of righteousness. You have been declared righteous through the gift of faith in what Jesus did here on the cross. He has redeemed you by his blood. He purchased your sin here at the cross at Calvary through his blood. And so Paul then anticipates from his hearers that what's next? What's next? You've now been declared righteous. You are now free in Christ. So he anticipates this question of, well, I'm free. You mean I don't have to do anything? No. Jesus did it all for you on the cross. And so he anticipates his hearers, and he says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? In other words... What Paul is expecting is that somebody is going to say, well, God likes to give out grace. I like to sin. This is a great fire insurance. I can just go ahead living however I want. Great fire insurance policy, isn't it? But it seems that those who think like this have never really pondered the cost. Listen to the words from the hymnist of Thomas Kelly. Ye who think of sin but lightly nor suppose the evil great here may view its nature rightly here its guilt, guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice appointed. See who bears the awful load. Tis the word, the Lord's anointed, son of man and son of God. And of course, Paul's answer to cheap grace is, may it never be. May it never be. He says, as Jesus said, a good tree bears good fruit. He says, how can you go on sinning when right here in your baptismal font, in your baptism, that you've been crucified with Christ, You've already died the first death. And the second death you won't experience because you've already died. There's no judgment for you. 
Your sins are at the bottom of this bowl. And you've been raised, it says, according to our text this morning. You've been raised. You've been resurrected. You've been made a new creation in him. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So how can you, as a new creation, continue to live in sin and to think that, oh, well, God likes to give grace. I like to sin. That's a great deal. No, he says, you have died. You've been made a new creation in him. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. He concluded in our text this morning, he says, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Some of you might be thinking to yourself, though, but pastor, my, my life just, I feel so burdened. Even on my confessed, my unconfessed sins, in my life, I'm going through so much, I, I just, I can't even explain. Well, that's why Paul goes on later on after our readings of the struggles in the Christian life. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this bondage of death? Paul says, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. This verse bears repeating. Let me read that one more time. On the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God. But on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. But also tying into our text this morning, Paul says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Because Jesus is the one here who took the penalty in your place. And that's why Paul can go on to say, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, in our gospel reading, Jesus came to John to be baptized. 
Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He was perfect in all that he did, in all that he thought, in all the, that he acted. He was perfect, holy, sinless. And what is baptism? Baptism is for sinners to be washed and regenerated in holy baptism. Jesus did not need to be baptized. He did so that the Old Testament prophecy would be fulfilled. That John would be the heralder to say, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And in another way, Jesus sanctifies the water so that this water attached to the promises of God, the promises of God that he has crucified you here and he's raised you to newness of life is for you. Jesus did it for you. And in our Old Testament reading this morning, Isaiah says that God will gather all the tribes from all of the lands, from the north and the south and the east and the west. Here this morning at the altar, those universal believers along with you and I from the north, south, east, and west will commune with our Lord this morning in bread and wine to remind us of the forgiveness that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And someday, the 12 tribes from the north, south, east, and west will be gathered together with us Gentiles from the north, south, east, and west. And we, together for all eternity, will partake in the feast that Jesus said that he would wait to feast with us in heaven. Now I opened my sermon with some ancient proverbs. I'll need your help again to finish my sermon, but this time it's going to be from Scripture. And I have revelation in mind. Ready? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. In his name, amen.
Please rise for the Okay. Thought I had the right page. <clears throat> for the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last day. Amen. Created in your image, formed in your glory, called by your name, and washed clean in baptism. We come this day as people of your promise with the intercessions and prayers for all people as they have need. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, you wonderfully foreshadowed the promise of baptism in the rescue of Noah from the flood, in the passing of your people through the Red Sea, and in the ceremonial washings of your law. In Christ, by his baptism, you have kept your word and made baptism to be the water of new life. Give us your Holy Spirit that we may become the new and holy people you have declared us to be. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, the nations still live in darkness and in despair of death. Raise up teachers who will address them with your word and truth and accompany this preaching with your Holy Spirit so that those who hear may believe. Bring to a good end all the mission work through our own congregation here and in every place where your people are at work to share the gospel. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, bless your church and all church workers. Make them wise unto salvation and faithful in all the duties and responsibilities assigned to them for your benefit. Bless also those preparing for church work vocations. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of all power, all the might of man is nothing to, before you. 
We pray you to place your blessing on all those who serve your people in government, the police, firefighters, emergency medical personnel, disaster relief, and armed forces. Give them good and honest hearts for their service and lead them by your word to know and do what is good and right for all people and in accordance with your will. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of compassion and mercy, no suffering passes before you unnoticed. Give to the sick, those hospitalized, those recuperating from illnesses, those in treatment and those troubled in mind and heart, both your healing presence and your healing peace. Especially hear us on behalf of Bill and Wendy and those now named in your hearts or out loud. Be their companion in solitude, their healing in affliction, their deliverer from trouble and their life in death. Lord, in your mercy, loving Father, we come as your Son has bidden us to receive at this altar his gift of his flesh for the life of the world and his blood as cup of our salvation. Help us to commune this day in good conscience, discerning Christ's body in this Eucharist and repenting of our sins, that we may keep in faithful hearts and with holy lives what we receive upon our lips this day. Lord, in your mercy, eternal God, you have made us your own people by baptism and granted us your Holy Spirit to confess Christ in words and in works. We remember with thanksgiving all those who went before us with the sign of faith, who passed on to us the sign of faith and who now rest in Christ free from all their labors. Make us as faithful in our own time and keep us faithful to the baptismal covenant in which we died with Christ so that we may be raised with Christ in perfect freedom to live ever, only, all for you, Lord, in your mercy. And into your hands, O almighty and everlasting God, we do commend all for whom we pray this day trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom be glory now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us now share the peace.
Will you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, sharing our life, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we sing your praise, praise your name, and join their unending hymn Holy In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper in the same way, he took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant and glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The bread, the 
wine, true body, true blood of Christ, joined with the word, joined with your faith, a gift of the Holy Spirit, combined to make for a means of grace. And that matters. Holy communion is for those who confess, for baptized believers who believe and confess, and I heard you, Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. So come, the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you up.
everlasting. Now go and depart in his peace. Amen. Will you please stand? Thank you, Pastor Chris, for having the uh, gospel be done through you and the Holy Spirit to us. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Wonderful World Words of Life, page 6 on your bulletin.